Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, Superintendent of West Aurora Schools, and welcome to Episode 25. Today's guest has spent his entire 15-year career in School District 129, serving as a special education teacher, dean of students at the high school, assistant principal at Hergett Middle School, and is currently our principal at Washington Middle School, Mr. Tom Davidson. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Craig. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Definitely excited. Good to be able to... uh, kind of introduce you at a broader level or just dig a little deeper beyond just your role as a principal. So these are fun to do. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. It's, I think we'll get into this, but it's a, Aurora's a a big little town, you know, and, (laughs) and I am from a very small town back in Ohio and coming out here, you don't really know how many people know each other and, and the widespread, you know, of, of who's related and who's not. So it's been a very interesting, you know, the last 15 years just living out here in Aurora and getting to know other people. So yeah, I'm excited for it. I think that's a, a common lament or a, a source of pride in, in Aurora area. That's for oh, yeah. sure. So um, I think as Anna was sharing earlier, uh, this is our week we celebrate uh, the, the recognized week mm-hmm. of, of Principal Appreciation Week. And yeah. certainly want to genuinely, um, to all of our, our leaders across uh, our district, but specifically to you today, uh, grateful and appreciate all the work that you do and, and your leadership at Washington Middle School now. As you have found, it's not an easy path, but uh, <laughs> certainly has a lot of value for our community. So thank you. Yeah, well, th- thank you. And, and, you know, you've said it best. We do have a lot of, of great leaders and, and great principals in the district that it's it's easy to follow their lead. So um, I've been lucky enough to have a few mentors and, you know, people I can kind of model after as well. So it's a it's a great group of people, a very diverse group of people too, with some different you know ideas and, and the ways they do things. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's probably one of our proud takeaways from this district is because of all those pieces. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Um, I think a lot of our folks uh, that listen in to our podcast, a lot of them, you know, people kind of know that who's coming up and we, we uh, promote that out there. But I think there is a kind of a, a path, an internal path. You talk about the biggest little town, uh, you know, we're second largest city in the state of Illinois behind Chicago. Yeah. And yet we're very uh, Peyton Place or Mayberry-ish. Um, <laughs> and so I think there's a, a path of uh, born here, raised here, educated here, uh, matriculated through our school system. And, and to our credit, many of our folks that graduate come back and our employees here. But I think um, you have a little different journey to, to talk about and want to probe that a little bit. But if you could talk to us about where you came from, how you got here, choices, decisions, and then bring us to current day. Yeah. So where I came from, um, people ask me all the time, hey, where are you from? And and I say Geneva. And they automatically think about 15 minutes north of here. And, you know, I'm I'm from Geneva, Ohio, small little town right on Lake Erie, uh, the northeast corner of Ohio. Um, So does that make you... uh, Ohio State fan? I, I, I may be a pretty big Ohio State <laughs> fan. Uh, you know, I, I get a lot of, you know, I get a lot of gruff from uh, the guys out here of <laughs> LeBron James and Ohio State and, and all that. But yes, I am a, a huge Ohio State fan, uh, still a huge LeBron James fan. Um, you know, when it comes to pro sports, they haven't really been all that great in Ohio. So you just kind of cheer for a win. But uh, yeah, from small town Geneva, Ohio, when I first got out here, I kind of laughed where the high school had, you know, 3,600 kids. And I think my whole high school had maybe a thousand. So not very diverse, very small townish. Everybody knew everybody. Everybody sure. knew my parents, played football there, played basketball. I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go play college football at Edinburgh University um, and kind of a weird circle all the way back to Illinois. He was the head coach at Illinois for a while, and then he became the head coach at Edinburgh, uh, Lou Tepper, and 
you know, I, I got to have some guidance from him. At Edinburgh is where I became friends with Nate Eimer, who's our head football coach. Absolutely. And, you know, state basketball champion here at West Aurora. And he always talked about West Aurora like it was the greatest place on earth. And, you know, in college, guys always joked about their hometown and, you know, always talked about their hometown and how great it was. And there was something about the, he would always talk about West in, in West Aurora in particular of just how great it was and how he was going to go back and how, you know, it, he was going to get a job here. He was going to work here. That, that was like his dream, his, his thing. And, you know, I was two years younger than him. He was graduating senior and I was a sophomore at the time and didn't really know anything what I was going to do. You know, I, I knew my major as a special education teacher, but didn't really have a plan after that. You know, truthfully, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go wherever I can get a coaching job. That was kind of my my dream job. Um, and I remember my senior year, Nate called me and was like, hey, I have an apartment out here. I can get you try to get you an interview out here. Why, why don't you come out for a weekend? So went out for a weekend. I interviewed at Oswego East. Uh, with Dr. Burton when he was over there. There wasn't even a, a position open. He was just kind of doing Nate a favor by giving me an interview. Uh, and then I interviewed at West Aurora. And, and those are the only two interviews that I ever went on. Holy cow. In, in my you know college life. Lucky enough to get the job at West Aurora as a special ed teacher. And, I, you know, halfway through my senior year, I have a job ready lined up. Uh, I have a place to live, you know, and it's with one of my you know best friends. So everything worked out really well for me. Moved out here the day of graduation. You know, we, we lived together for the first, I think, three years or, yeah, three years that I, I lived out here. So That's incredible. Yeah, That's it was incredible. a uh, unique story. And I always joke around with Nate because when I was in college, we had the same major as special ed. And my advisor would always just say, hey, do you know Nate? Yeah. Just go ask him what classes you need. And that was my, her so advice. So Nate became to, your advisor. Yeah, that was my, her <laughs> advice to me. It was just go ask Nate. And, you know, I just kind of asked him and, and I've been lucky enough. He was, he was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. And, you know, now he's back on the West side and kind of where he belongs. So it's been, it's been a, uh, an easy transition, I would say. You know, I never really had anything planned and I just kind of went with what was working and it, it seemed to really work out well for what me. What a great connection. Mm -hmm. What a great connection. That's an awesome story. You know, it just, you know, it, it probably highlights how Aurora is a large place, but it's a really small place. Yeah. Think about the small world uh, from Geneva, Ohio, out east to go to college, coming mm -hmm. back to the Midwest and reuniting with a teammate yeah. and still being teammates here. So Yeah, oh. it's still, it's still teammates, still working with, still, you know, I mean, being a college athlete, I think there's that special bond. Yes. You know, you're going through, you know, the same things every day. You know, you're living it with each other, the wins, the losses, the, the workouts, and special group of guys. And, and that's something that, you know, obviously Nate being out here, but there's probably about 10 of us that get together, you know, every year, constantly communicating, you know, through phones and text messages and social media. So it's it's a good group that has been a good lifeline and a good support system for me. Absolutely. Yeah, there's always that bond. Mm -hmm. For sure. Go through those trenches together. That uh, that shared experience is super important. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I would be remiss, um, selfishly speaking. You know, I know you talked a little bit about being an Ohio State fan. You know, the Big Ten come from a wrestling background myself, supporting Illinois and, and, and Iowa, uh, but also in the wrestling world, I know at Edinburgh uh, had a pretty high-profile athletic oh, director, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, world world champion and an Olympic medalist out there, and I know you guys get a chance to cross paths when when you guys were competing in football yeah. with some of the wrestling program, and oh yeah, we always have some friendly barbs back and forth. So yeah, that was uh, one of the highlights. I actually got to wrestle the Olympic champion Bruce Baumgartner. Yes. Um, it wasn't really by my choice. It was, uh, you know, every summertime we, we do some extra work for the wrestling uh, program, make a few extra dollars here when we were up at school. And 
uh, it was payday. He was having a wrestling camp. And to get our paycheck, he was like, come on out here on the wrestling mat. Get your paycheck. <laughs> now, granted, he was about 6'3", 300 pounds at the time. And, you know, myself was not that big. And he beat me up a little bit, had some fun with me. I took the 30 seconds of, you know, kind of a butt kicking and then took my paycheck and gladly left Smiled the wrestling mat. Left. Yeah, that was, that was all I needed. Um, but that was, that was a very cool experience. You know, when I, when I went to Edinburgh, he was the athletic director there. He was before he was the head coach and then at the wrestling program. And then he became the athletic director. And, um, I remember going in his office the first time. I don't remember what it was for, but just the, the memorabilia that he had, uh, it, it was un, unbelievable, you know, the gold medals, the the famous people pictures on the wall and, and you know, small town Ohio. I've, I've never saw that. And yeah. so it was a very cool experience to sit there and, you know, he'd, hey, look at that medal. Hey, check that out. Touch this. Look at this. And, you know, just being able to experience that was a, a very cool thing. And, and as much as he was focused on wrestling, he was focusing on how did he make Edinburgh sports the best they could possibly be. So it was a unique experience to wrestle with him and, and get to interact with him. But, you know, he was a great ambassador for all sports. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's a great comment you just made, too, because I, I bring it up because of my connection, having run tournaments that he competed in and got to meet him. But he brings that unique experience that lifts everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a... That was just a unique thing that I, you know, once I knew where you and Nate had gone to school, that was a, a, a flick for me to be able to, to reach out and, and have commentary. But that's, that's a great experience, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I, experience I'll never forget, I'll say that. That's cool. So fast forward a little bit. You talked about in your bachelor days mm-hmm. and you're early on in your career, you and Nate were together. But then eventually uh, you found that significant other, you and your wife, Carrie, who was also one of our teachers here in West Aurora. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have twin sons yep. and they are now, uh, I remember when they were not in school and now they're firmly established yeah. at, at uh, Freeman Elementary, one of our elementary schools. Yeah. And you know what, it's uh, back when I said a lot of our graduates come back and, and want to be employees here. It's probably one of those proud moments as well when an employee chooses to bring their kids to be students in our district as well. Um, that's a, it's a source of pride, but also, you know, that's, that's an earned piece of trust. Yeah. So I know in talking to some of our other employees that bring their kids here for a variety of reasons, can you share uh, some of the discussion or some of the the why uh, you and Carrie chose to bring your boys here? Yeah. Um, so the, it's kind of funny. The number one reason why, uh, before Carrie and I got married, uh, we, we took a trip back to Ohio to see where I grew up, you know, kind of meet the family. Um, and, she, and she walked in and, and kind of drove through Geneva. Uh, and, you know, you drive through Cleveland and she kind of made the joke of like, what's like, what's this little town over here? And I'm like, well, that's Cleveland. And she's like, well, where, where are the buildings at? What, you know, being so close to Chicago out here, she kind of made fun of Cleveland. Uh, and then we walked in, you know, rolled into Geneva. And the la- the last thing we said was we left Geneva that weekend. She was like, hey, if we are going to get married, I need to know something from you. And I'm like, well, you know, what's that? And she's like, I need to know we're never coming back to Geneva. Uh, and she's half joking, to, you know, was joking about it. Um, but it was far away from her family. And, you know, and I told her, I said, no problem. I'm established out here. You're established out here. Your family's out here. And the beauty part of my family is they'll go anywhere and, sure. and, and move anywhere. So that was kind of one of her criterias of, hey, we can get married, but we're not, we're not coming back to Geneva. So the, the, I guess the next best thing was we, we lived together out by uh, Wabonzi Valley High School. Okay. Um, lived there for a couple of years in a townhouse. And we ended up, you know, we we're getting married, you know, we're trying 
trying to start a family and we just needed some more space, right? And we looked all over the place and every time we looked at a house, I always had an issue, whether it was the, the neighbors are too close, the street's too busy. Um, and we finally went out and looked uh, on the far west side of Aurora and there was, you know, they were building new development there and it was more spaced out, a little more land and, you know, neighbors weren't right on top. There was common area behind you. And uh, we got there and we looked around and I was like, you know, it's kind of too crunt country out here. And she laughed and then yelled at me because she's like, that's what you wanted. You want to live kind of where you live back home. Sure. But out here. And I was like, well, you're right. So we built um, and we've loved it. We have a small little community. Um a lot of West Aurora teachers live in the community. Uh, all the kids, most of them go to the West Aurora schools. And the boys, like you said, I have first grade boys, twin boys. And Freeman Elementary has been unbelievable to them. Awesome. They have loved every second of it. Um, and I'm talking the first day of kindergarten, I had to carry one of my sons onto the bus uh, because he didn't want to go to school. Sure. He was nervous. He was scared. And, you know, now he is every morning. What are we going? Where are we going to school? I want to go to school. Get me on that bus. You know, they, they were in the same class together with Mrs. Hoke uh-huh. uh, their first year. And I, I can't give her enough credit. She is unbelievable kindergarten teacher that they had made them love school. And, and that was my biggest fear as an educator, seeing kids who slowly kind of lose that Absolutely. love for school. And they love it. And now they're separated. And, and we were worried about that. They were separated classes. And you know, they're loving every second of that now and have more friends. So I, I cannot be more happy with what we've what we've chosen and, and what we've chosen for them. And, you know, as the principal of Washington, that is one thing I do tell a lot of my parents when, you know, they ask me, what about Freeman? What about Washington? I, my kids go there, you know, and, and if it's not good enough for them, it shouldn't be good enough for your kids. And it, it's good enough for my kids. So I expect it to be good enough for your kids as well. So it's been unbelievable experience with with Freeman. Um, and, and the kids absolutely love it. And, you know, they love the Friday nights and football games and basketball games. And, you know, my wife taking them to the high school and, and just seeing everything that happens there. I mean, sometimes they love the band a little bit more than football, which breaks yeah. my heart. But, you know, they're in first grade. They're still it's still early. Well, a couple of things I want to highlight there. You, you know, a little shout out from Miss Hoke. Uh, certainly it's nice to hear that people appreciate your efforts. Um, and I, I think that's carried over from kindergarten, even in the first grade. Oh, yeah. I heard yeah. being supportive. The other piece um, of having had this experience with my own kids, that's a that's a strong statement when people come in and they want to take, you know, take their shots from left field about whatever their their acts might be about the school. And when you can say, well, my own kids are here getting that that experience that you're concerned with. um, That's a strong statement. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that sometimes shuts things down pretty quickly when people want to raise their hand and you say, as a testament, my family is in the same experience and we strongly support it. Yeah. It's hard to look a parent in the eye and say, hey, this is really good for your kid, but it wasn't good enough for mine. You know, so this it's easy for me. I could sit across the table from them and say, hey, my kids are, they're going through the same thing yours are. They're going to experience the same things. And, you know, I, I think the biggest piece, especially for Carrie and I, is the diversity that that the district brings. You know, like I said, Geneva, Ohio, not very diverse, you know. Uh, coming out here, the, the kids are going to get a real life experience. And I think that's just going to make them a better person. It's going to make them you know, stronger academically. It's going to just enhance their life even more to be around more diversity every day. Certainly eliminate some surprises out there in life. Definitely. That's for sure. Um, if I can ask you to reach back in your way back memory, um, as you were starting to grind out that, those initial years of your career uh, as a special education teacher, was was aspirations to where you are today on your mind did that was that was that in your 
if you looked in your crystal ball and start thinking, here's where I want to be next, and here's where I'm going to go there. Washington Middle School principal, and and not just showing up, really taking it by storm. Mm-hmm. Where was that in your thought process? Uh, to be honest with you, it, it never was in my thought process. Um, I always, e- even all the way back to high school, I never really had a plan, mm. right? And and I always just kind of. You know, I was going to go play football, so I had that plan. And then sophomore year of college, they're like, hey, you have to have a major. You got to figure out what you're doing. And uh, I had two aunts who were educators, one a special education teacher, one an English teacher, uh, both high school teachers. Uh, and they both, you know, sat me down and said, like, what are you doing? Go go be a high school teacher. Go be a special ed teacher. You're a guy. You're, you can work special ed. You'll get a job anywhere you want. And Absolutely. then you can go coach football. And the coaching football aspect was <laughs> great. That sounds like a great idea. So... That was kind of what drove me. And, you know, those first three years of being able to coach and then moving into the dean's role and being able to coach, I I was pretty set. I was I was going to be a football coach and, you know, work at West High, be a teacher, be a a dean. And that was kind of it for me. Luckily enough, unfortunate, I don't know which whatever word to say, but uh, there was a time that they said, you know, admin couldn't coach anymore. We'll give you one more year. And then that was it. And uh, that kind of forced me to then make a decision and, and. you know, I can't regret that decision of, of moving forward to move over to Herget. I think working at Herget and, and learning from Cindy Larry is probably the best thing that's ever happened in my professional career. Good. Um, and not just about the, the teaching and learning from her, but more about how to treat people, um, how to care for people, how to love on people, how to be their social worker, how to be everything. You bet. You know, and not just the X's and O's and without moving over there and, you know, seeing how she interacts with people, how she lets her admin do their job and doesn't interfere. I, I would not be sitting in the seat I am today. So, I mean, thinking way back, no, never thought I would be the principal anywhere, you know, and, and to add to that, I'm halfway through my doctoral program and never thought about ever, you know, one day being considered, you know, doctor of anything. Sure. Um, that just wasn't, that wasn't something that was you know, important at the time, I guess. And now as I've gotten older, I've started to realize a little bit more that being that lifelong learner is is important and and watching my kids, you know, see me like, dad, what are you doing tonight? I have class tonight. Okay, we're going to do some homework then. You know, they're seeing that too. And it's, it's been a inspiring thing for me to see that they love school. And and I guess I've grown to love school because that's something that hasn't always been there. It's a good role model. It really is. That's, uh, you know, you've learned from role models. You talk about Cindy Larry and some of the other influences Mm -hmm. set in that culture and that climate. And I think you've taken a page out of that book yourself. So good on you for doing that. Definitely. You know, you mentioned some of your colleagues. Were there other influences along the way that Gave you a nudge, gave you a little encouragement, a little, hey, you should take a look. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of good administrators. I mean, I, I think being able to model a little bit after each of them, you know, Dr. Hiscock at the high school, he kind of showed me the way as, as a young dean of, hey, here's here's how you handle yourself. Here's, here's some different situations that you could be in, uh, always supporting and always, you know, giving guidance, but not ever solving the problem for you. Um, so he was he was a, a very good one to start my career off with. Um, you know, Dr. Brett Burton, he was my AP of uh, student discipline when I was a dean. And in learning from him, learning that the tough conversation, you know, sometimes had to happen. Absolutely. Um, and there's ways to have that tough conversation and come back from it. 
you know, I, like I said, Cindy Larry, you know, a, a whole lot. I mean, I, I would say she's probably my biggest influence. You know, and the other one is, I probably don't talk enough about it, is uh, Dr. Martino at the high school. Her and I actually got, I became a dean. She became the activities director on the same night. And that was the first night That's that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was the first night we ever met. We were sitting in the chair next to each other before the board meeting and kind of started talking a little bit. And, you know, her and uh, her husband, Mr. Pete Martino, have turned into lifelong friends of ours now. And that's kind of my connection to Iowa, where I I go out to Iowa with them and, and, you know, watch football. But those those four were probably the biggest influence for me. And then I've just been lucky enough to work with a lot of, of really good administrators. And, you know, I think my team back at Washington, has changed almost every year, but every year I've, I've gained somebody who brings me a different insight, gives me a different way to look at things. And I would also say kind of challenges my thinking a little bit. And that's yeah. what, uh, as the leader of Washington, that's that's one thing we asked during the interviews of like, what, what do you bring to Washington? You know, and it, it doesn't, I don't want a yes man or a yes woman. I want someone who's going to come challenge some ideas and try to make some change. So I think working with you know, Jolene Smith and Markel and Victor and uh, Regina and even Melissa Frankel, like those have been people who have given me some different ideas and, you know, have sometimes looked at me and said, hey, that's a dumb idea. And, and I'm OK with that. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what you need uh, as the leader. Absolutely. You know, and I, I um, reflect on my own path, teacher, coach, dean of students, AP, even, you know, principalship leading to the superintendency. But you have a very similar hitting those rungs on the ladder type of a career tra- trajectory. And you talked about some of those influences and people you've learned from and roles you've learned from. As you've stepped into your role of principal at Washington Middle School, were there, were there some things that you kind of have encountered that really surprised you, even though you've gone through a lot of these other experiences, uh, maybe that uh, in hopes of preparing you, but were there some ahas like, whoa, I, I didn't see this one coming and were kind of shocked or didn't have that background to ad- address it? Yeah, I mean, great question. That was, you know, thinking going through all the different positions that I've had, um, you know, I went into the interview for the principal's job and I thought, oh, I, I can, I feel pretty good about this. And then stepping in that first day, I remember walking in the office and kind of sitting down and kind of looking around. And I mean, in my head, I was kind of like, holy crap, what do I do? (laughs) Um, And I think as much as all those other positions have could prepare you as much as they could. um, And the leadership that I worked under before allowed me to kind of prepare. There was really nothing that prepared me to, to be the leader. You know, it was it's something that I'm still learning every single day. It's something that I'm still you know, reflecting on, I'm still changing ideas that I have. Um, you know, it's something that I never realized you're the social worker, you're the Dean, you're the psychologist, you're the, uh, you know, the, the, the person to lend an ear to, and that's just for the staff. That's not even for the kids, you know, and it's that human side of it that as much as we're trying to, you know, get, get our students to move forward, we got to remember that our staff's there too, and we have to help move them forward and, and have to, you know, prepare the best for them. I mean, I think the other thing is I took over the year that COVID happened and there's no playbook for that. Nope, there was, uh, how do we work through that? And, you know, I joked with a lot of staff and, and families last year that, you know, it was year, year three for me as the principal, but really it was pretty much year one yep. because we, I never saw a whole, a whole year the first year. We didn't really start the second year normally. And then the third year was kind of getting back in the swing of things. So, you know, going into year four now is really back to like, Hey, we have a, 
a somewhat normal school year. And, it's incredible to think about that. Yeah, like that's it, it's been very interesting. And that, I think that's the biggest piece, right? Like you just you don't know how to handle that. You don't know the emotions that go with from the families, from the students, from the staff, the fears, the anxieties. And, you know, you're really trying to support everyone you can, along with supporting your own family at home, you know, trying to keep your own mental health, you know, going during that time. And, tough balance. You know, it was a that was a tough balance. That yeah. was that was the rough two years. So. You know, and just to piggyback on that, you talked about the nuances of coming out of COVID, being working through COVID, but then on top of that, working with middle school kids, unique, <laughs> different time of life. You know, we used to, as a dean, you know, those freshmen were always that unique mm-hmm. student in the building compared to the other, the rest of the soft juniors and seniors. Middle school students collectively just bring a different challenge. Um, they have a unique perspective in, in their development. In your um, observations, experiences, what do you think are the biggest challenges that our middle school students face today? You know, when I first started, someone asked, would you ever work at elementary or middle school? And, and my first response was absolutely not. <laughs> I was a high school teacher. Uh, you know, I wanted to work with young adults, uh, not so much of the, the you know, early teens. Um, and now being part of it for the last eight years, I don't know if there's another age group I would want to work with. The unique challenges that show up as sixth graders of, you know, they they still don't really know anything about middle school. And, you know, they've been in one class, one teacher pretty much ah, their yeah. whole life. And now they show up and, you know, we have eight passing periods, eight different teachers, two different lockers. You know, it's a lot of anxiety for them to show up and, and try to figure that out. And um, I think sometimes we forget that they've never done that. And we've, you know, as middle school teachers, we've done it for many years and, you know, it's easy for us, but it's something they have to learn. And then you go all the way to the eighth graders who, you know, they kind of start acting like freshmen of like, I don't really need you. I don't need this help. I know everything. But it's it's one of those experiences that when you see a sixth grader come in and then watch them evolve to eighth graders and and a young adult and the choices they make and uh, it's it's almost inspirational when you see kids grow up and then when you see them come back from high school you know just how much they've changed you know in, in those three years in middle school how much they've changed from almost a little kid to you know a, a young adult and I think the biggest challenge for middle school kids right now is you know social media yeah you know social media Absolutely. is one thing that it's a great tool if it's used right and it's also something that could be very hurtful and hateful and you know that's something that we've been trying to do at Washington is, is trying to get kids to realize that you know, if you're going to use social media for, for good, great. Like we're going to put TikToks out and Twitter videos and Facebook things out. And, you know, we want them to be, you know, positive messages. But we also know that there's a dark side of it and trying to work through that with kids and, you know, helping them understand why they do it, you know, why somebody else would do it. I think that's the biggest challenge for middle school kids is that social media. The other piece is just, you know, they, they're so young and, and they're, they're just not, they're not fully developed. They don't know, you know, and, and some of them come and they talk about their stressors in life. And, you know, some of them are very real stressors for them. And then other stressors that they have that, you know, you kind of chuckle in the back of your head because you're like, you know, you're, you're 12 years old. Wait till you're 30. And, yeah. and it's some real life stressors. Right. But we do have some kids who go through some rough things. And, and those are kids that, you know, it's it's also inspiring to see how brave they are, how how tough they are, how how much grit they actually have. And we probably don't always give them enough credit for that. The, I would agree. You know, how much middle school kids. It's that weird transition of. You can kind of take care of your little brother and sister, but you're not really take, old enough to take care of yourself. And, you know, we, we need you to be part of the family, but you're still a kid. And, you know, it's it's tough for them. So, you know, I think just in general, middle school 
is a tough place. And, you know, I, I think you got to really love it. And the teachers that work there have to really love it. And the admin that work there have to really love it. And, you know, it's, it's a different, different beast every day. You know, and I, I think that's a really unique insight that you bring. Not only get, you get a front row seat to see that development, but you also are get a front row opportunity to influence that development. Um, and so that's great that you, you come from that perspective of enjoying their growth, but also that you can influence that, that yeah. development as well. That's yeah. awesome. You know, I, I would, um, speaking of that growth and development, I want to laser back in on uh, Washington Middle School. I made no secret about my, my desire to um, make public and, and continue that dialogue of elevating the conversation around public education. You know, I've shared that as public education entities, we're responsible for educating 90% of the, the nation's students and second only to quality parenting, public education will have the largest impact on our future. So given those, those dynamics, as you look at the influence that you have at Washington Middle School on your, your students, what are you most proud of? I'm very proud of, of the staff that we have. Um, and I say the staff because they are willing to take some risks. They're really willing to have a tough conversation. They're willing to be uncomfortable a little bit. Mm. Um, they're willing to give me feedback when they don't think things are going the way they like it or that the way they should. And I think having a staff be able to do that has, has really opened my eyes and, and helped me reflect on kind of next steps for us. Uh, we spent a lot of time this year of just really building relationships with kids and, and trying to make it a safe and welcoming spot for kids to go to. And, you know, but we always talk about the culture of learning. There's got to be a culture that uh, kids feel safe and welcome there. But that culture has to be that at the end of the day, they are learning to move forward. And, then, and I think that's the hardest part, right? Where school used to be kind of the only place in town that you went to learn. Yeah, it was the only game. It was the only game, right? So you, you went to school, the teacher told you the information you needed, and you know you interacted with friends, and then you left. And now with, with, with social media, cell phones, they don't, they don't need that. They don't need a teacher to stand up there and tell them information anymore. You know, and, and I always tell my staff, I don't need you to be Google. I don't need you just to regurgitate things that they can look up. Sure. I need you to be the library. I want you to help them see and research and find answers and really enjoy the learning aspect of, of school. Um, so we always talk about that culture of learning where... You know, it's not just about kids loving to be there at, at school every day. We want them to love to be there, but we also want them to understand that they're there to learn. They're there to move forward in school. They're learning to be, you know, productive citizens. And so that it always goes back to the relationship piece. And I think my staff does a really good job of, of building relationships and, and, you know, getting kids to do things for them that, you know, sometimes they wouldn't if they didn't have that relationship. Spoken like a true leader. One last follow-up. You talked about your experience coming through the ranks, not really having in your career vision of uh, being a principal. Uh, you know, be a dean, be a coach, life is good. Mm -hmm. How would you advise aspiring administrators, folks that are new, you know, I've been, in, I've been a teacher four or five years, what's next on my horizon? How yeah. would you counsel them? Maybe I'm a little old school, I don't know, but I, I think being a dean uh, and, and being in that admin role as a dean, or very similar to being a dean, put you in a situation where you have to make decisions every single day. Absolutely. And you're going to learn that students aren't going to like those decisions. Staff aren't going to like those decisions and parents aren't going to like those decisions. And you really got to learn to live with that. And, and 
kind of rely on what you really believe in and what you think is right. And I think that that kind of moral compass helps develop, you know, who you are as an admin and being that dean and learning and hearing about all the different situations that you're put in and having to make split second decisions constantly just enhances what you could do as you kind of move up and in, in different roles. Um, I I don't know if I'd have started in any other admin role besides a dean just because of the situations it put me in. And I know some days they weren't the greatest days of being a dean and, you know, some days are rough and, and you go home, you're like, oh man. Um, but without those days, I don't think I would be the person or the leader I am today. Couldn't agree more. Great endorsement. Yeah. Well, I, I want to extend once again our appreciation not only for your leadership at Washington Middle School, but uh, for being here today. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, Mr. Tom Davidson, Principal of Washington Middle School, appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I Absolutely. Uh, please remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. I would encourage you to subscribe to our broadcast. Please give us your feedback so we can keep on getting better. Thanks. <laughs>